Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thanks so much for being here today. Today, I have another interview coming your way. This interview was so awesome and so fun. And uh, today, I'm interviewing Barbara Marquart. She's a New Jersey native who is, like I originally found through Steve Ozenich's TMS group on Facebook. It's called TMS The Mind Body Syndrome, um, which is another helpful group that you can join as well that has a much larger uh, number of people kind of asking advice and offering advice. And Barb is one of the moderators for that group. And so she's just constantly giving out advice and hope and uh, and it's only because she went through hell and back with her story. And uh, so she's going to tell it today. And I'm so excited to have you guys hear it. I think um, a lot of you can relate to her, especially those of you who um, did not have a so-called book cure from the Sarno material. Um, now, one thing that I realized I hadn't mentioned on previous episodes, especially my first couple episodes where I talked about my pain story, is that, yes, I had chronic back and neck and hip pain, and yes, it all disappeared within a day after reading John Sarno's book, but I forgot to mention that it was immediately replaced by crippling severe anxiety. And so that was a year that I had that afterwards. Um, and so it is my belief that if you have a book cure, sometimes the symptoms will come back in other ways um, until you deal with the emotions at hand. So it's my opinion that I had crippling anxiety all along, but my back pain was overpowering it. And so when my back pain went away, the emotions that I had been distracted with, or the emotions that I was burying down um, were now coming up to the surface to be integrated. And so I journaled almost every day for that year. And, and finally one day... And I would also get stuck on the physical with my anxiety. It was almost like I was trying to, you know, you get into that Googling habit. You're like, when is this going to go away? Am I going to be like this forever? And so a very similar response um, was had for my anxiety as I had with my back pain. And so I would have trouble breathing and I couldn't take a full deep breath and I was yawning constantly all day long, especially while driving. Um, also while I was with my patients, um, and it took a lot for me to kind of hide it throughout the day. And I would have fear thoughts come in and I would believe them. And, um, so for me reading Steve Ozenich's great pain deception, he's got this little section in the back of the book that has every single symptom that could possibly be TMS. And he had yawning on there. And in the end of the book, he goes, yawning, it's good for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great. And I think, okay, so backtrack a little bit. My whole life, I have been um, what my family would call a gullible individual. My dad used to say, you know, gullible is written on the ceiling, and I would look up. And, and I think I've just been very trusting of what people tell me my whole life. And I think that's a secret superpower. Whereas some people would say, you're naive, you believe everything you hear. Um, but I think it's like, well, keep an open mind until you're proven otherwise, right? And so I now believe that yawning is good for me. So I don't worry about it because before I would yawn all day long. I would sigh all day long. I would feel like this oppression in my chest and I would worry that, oh my God, am I getting adult onset asthma? Or, you know, I would kind of go down this dark path of like, well, this is now who I am. Like, do I need to seek help? I was taking, you know, 
Chinese herbs now for the anxiety. Um, and really, I just had to sit with that too and be with it. And I'll do another episode um, uh, in the future about anxiety as a symptom imperative, because I think it's the most common thing that people deal with when their pain goes away. First of all, the pain or before their pain goes away, even it's like the anxiety comes up. You're either worried that your your pain still will never go away, and you're wondering why you didn't have a book cure. Um, and then when if when and if the pain does go away, now you're wondering will it ever come back? You're still kind of scared to do certain activities. Like it has to come up to be processed. I think anxiety is a beautiful gift from our subconscious that lets us know that there's something that needs to be looked at and some something that needs to be processed. And so if we can just look at it as our primitive brain's signal that lets us know that we have to look at, look within, um, then, then we can transcend it much faster. Um, but in the meantime, try not to freak out about it because freaking out is our nature. <laughs> and I know that firsthand. Um, and so anxiety can feel very dangerous. Um, you know, and over time, chronically, it, it can be, um, you know, dangerous for our heart and our mind and our spirit and our sleep. Um, but just know that it too will pass if you do the inner work um, or develop that deeper understanding that it won't last forever. Okay, so anyway, we'll get into the interview today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, if you have a moment uh, after the episode today and you can just quickly subscribe and review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. That's really the best way that um, we can reach and help more people. And so thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Here's the interview. So I am here today with Barb Marquart, and I'm here to talk about her journey toward chronic pain recovery. Barb is a New Jersey native and resident. Uh, she's a successful professional working as a senior program manager for a large insurance company. She's on the board of innumerable large organizations, several of which are dedicated to empowering women in the workplace. She is a mother of two beautiful kids and soon-to-be grandmother of one. She has always led a super adventurous and active lifestyle all of her life. Um, and that is right up until she was faced with her own severe chronic pain experience. Barb has graciously agreed to sit and chat with me today about it. Barb, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. So Barb, the initial reason I wanted to get you on the show today is because a few months back, you and I were kind of both responding to someone in Steve Ozenich's TMS group on Facebook, um, and this person was kind of going back and forth, questioning whether or not her structures were the cause of her pain, and you chimed in with a picture of your hip x-rays. It was such a compelling image. Your left hip looked as if it were a crushed ping pong ball. Um, but before we chat about that specifically, can you just kind of share with our listeners how and when your pain began? Sure. Um, so I, it's hard to answer that once yeah. you're on the other side. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think what you learn is that, you know, you have this episode that's horrible, but you start looking back in your life and realizing that, wow, I had all this other stuff mm. and I never connected it to my mind before, you know, it was just yes. physical stuff. So uh, the reason I hesitated was this particular, probably the worst episode in my life, you know, it led me to where I am today. Mm. Um, that was about, Oh, it's a year and a half now. And I was in a car accident as Many of these things usually start, unfortunately. I was hit from behind. It totaled my car, um, you know, and I had no pain in particular from that. I actually, you know, people the next day are like, oh, do you, are you in pain? Are you in pain? And I'm like, no, should I be? Like, <laughs> but I wasn't, right? But yeah. then about a month later, I was, uh, we went to San Francisco and we were walking through the Redwoods and all of a sudden I had back pain. And I was, rem I remember specifically saying to myself, well, that's really weird because, you know, I've lived with this hip problem my whole life. It's always, not it's always on my mind, but it's always on my mind, like, when will I have some sort of effect? Mm. Um, 
So I've lived with this hip thing and I'm like, oh, it must be starting to cause back pain mm. in me because I'm walking all these distances. And then about a month, so then that, you know, I, I relaxed and that went away. And then a month later, I walked in a um, half marathon in Key West and my back was killing me and I had to stop and, you know, blaming it all on my hip problem and saying, wow, I've just never had been limited before. This really sucks. So I rested again, you know, went away. Well, then I went um, skiing and about a, another month later and the pain went from my back and then it went into my hip and it went down my leg. Mm. And of course, at the time you think it's like the worst pain you can ever be in, but, (laughs) but then it can, you know, then I have a story of a many, many months later that, wow, that was nothing compared to what happened. But anyway, I come home from that and then I start with the doctors and the, you know, the, the shots in my back, the, the orthopedist, this one sends me to this one, the, chiropractor, you know, just everything. Like, and it's just so boring to even tell the story because everybody has the story, acupuncture, like everything. Yeah. And everybody that gets to this point goes through all that. Right. So everybody knows that story. So the only thing that now I know and even could feel was that my fear was rising because I was limited for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I had, you know, 54 years of my life where I was never limited by this, the discrepancy. So I have a leg length discrepancy. Mm-hmm. I have that awful image that you see that doctors, when they x-ray me say, Oh my God, yeah. like that's their reaction. Yeah. You, you shouldn't even walk. Oh, you know, I get God. all kinds of things like that. And at, until this time I was proud of it. I'm like, yeah, I can walk. Yeah. I'm always going to walk. I'm going to be fine. You know? Yeah. But now I'm thinking, wow, now it's going to start to limit me. And uh, my life was just not just starting, but just I'm entering this whole new phase where my kids are out of college, my kids got married, mm-hmm. I'm traveling a lot, you know, I have the funds to do that, because I'm not paying for college anymore, right. and we're traveling, you know, more than ever, and hiking and, you know, skydiving and doing everything we do, my husband and I, and all of a sudden, now I'm going to be limited. And my dreams started to fade. And I, you know, through this is through all of the, the doctor things I was going through. So the fear was just, I could feel it. It's just mm-hmm. rising and rising. And my, my life was ending. Um, yeah. You know, I really like, you do feel like that. Yes. You feel like I am never going to be the same. Yeah. So that's my story. If that's what you wanted yeah, to hear, no, I mean, that was the pain story. Um, but that's how I got to, and like I said, oh, and by the way, then I, went on disability from work, which was huge. I mean, I don't even take sick days. You know, I'm the type of person that, well, okay, I'll stay home so I don't spread my cold or whatever. But I I just prided myself on, I never even take sick days. And I had to go on disability from work. And I was ashamed. Sure. I was, you know, but it was ridiculous. I was going into work and I was pacing Mm. because it was the only thing that would help me um, believe it or not, like calm the pain was my pacing. Yeah. Cause it was all down my hip. It was all down my leg. It was because the leg pain was far worse than my back pain at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the back pain, you know, back pain basically turned into like this sciatica, I guess they call it. And then it's down my leg. So I stopped working. I was ashamed. I felt awful. I talked to my boss and just cry that I couldn't believe I was doing this to him. Mm. And so that that's where I got to where I built in when I said earlier that my pain, I, I, I thought it was a 10 then. Well, you know, <laughs> there's no there. There wasn't. I, I wanted that back. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted that. I wanted to go back in time and say, OK, I'll live with that. Right. If I don't have to live with this. So wow. that's that's my pain story. Yeah. <laughs> and so you went to like several doctors. Did they all kind of tell you that you were screwed and that you were going to have to have surgery or what what did they all say? And did they did their messages match each other? Yeah, it was never um, surgery. So I went to two particular orthopedists. I started with I never had to. Go, well, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. I was going to an orthopedist like every five years or so to check on my hip. Mm-hmm. And so I went to him. No, no, no. I went to a different doctor first because it was just closer. I, I couldn't drive in the car. I could not sit down in the car. I would, I had to, as people that go through this know, I had to like shift my body and like mm. press on the gas a certain way. And so I went, I just went to an orthopedist I could find that was closest to my home, yeah. believe it or not, because yeah. I could not drive. 
So I went to him and, and he's the one that did the first x-rays and MRIs and never gave me like a dire thing, but just said, Oh, you know, definitely all these things. You have spondylolisthesis probably because of your hip and your Mm -hmm. leg length discrepancy. And, you know, obviously your pain is coming from this and your hip. And so everything was about me being out of physical balance. Right. So, you know, everything is because you have this leg length discrepancy and because you have spondylolisthesis because your body's trying to adjust to that leg length discrepancy. So I, so he didn't, he put fear in me only because I didn't hear any hope. Right. But he sent me to like a different specialist who then looked at my, my x-ray and said, oh my God, you know, I got the same reaction. And he was throwing out things like, Oh, you know, that tear I see in your hip, only one doctor in the entire country can operate on that. There, there's just no, there's just, there, that, that's awful. And then the spondylolisthesis, he goes, you know, people have surgery for that and they put these pins in and then, you know, the surgery doesn't work. This is what he said to me. The surgery doesn't work because then your back just going to hurt somewhere else. Jeez. I mean, these are quotes. <laughs> so, um, but he did tell me, well, but you know, a lot of people are helped by these shots and you can come four times a year and have these shots. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll come four times a year. That's great. Yeah, you know, but yeah. of course the shot did like zero for me. I didn't get, I didn't get a minute of relief from wow. these, you know, and I was, I got the shots where I was put out under anesthesia. Oh wow! These weren't like in the office kind of things. These yeah. were put out under anesthesia a whole day of, you know, out of work. And so anyway, it all led to laying on the floor in my living room crying. Yeah. Like that, that, that was where it led to just crying that my life was over. And how long were you on your living room floor before you eventually remembered that you had a book in your library? Um, that was the Sarno book. So it wasn't, it didn't take long, right? Because all I was doing was just laying there thinking, okay, like, I, I have to find some other solution. And meanwhile, by the way, remembering the book and I guess your listeners don't know, but okay. my story about the book is that I bought the book. Um, I heard I heard of uh, Dr. Sarno on, on Howard Stern. I'm a fan, and I listen all the time, and I heard of him. And my husband at the time, I'm remarried, but my husband at the time had back pain all the time. Mm. And so I bought it for him, and he never read it, never was open to it, uh, still has chronic pain today. Mm. And so I put it away, but no one ever read it. So I'm like this kind of person where I'm like, I'm not going to throw it out because it's brand new. Right. So it stayed in a box. And I had, I I think I remember it has to be more than 15 years. I guess I could go back and figure out when Howard Stern first mentioned Sarno, but (laughs) it was about, it had to be 15 or 20 years ago. And it moved with me like from house to house as I moved in my box of books, you know, Mm -hmm. like the thing that I hold on to. So a few weeks into being out of work, laying on my floor and researching like even uh, medical things, meaning, you know, there's all these like doctors that say, oh, come in and be upside down or come in and we have this other thing, you know, that no one ever heard of before and we stretch your back. And Mm -hmm. I I was researching those. But then I said, I remembered the book Mm -hmm. Uh, and it might've been a YouTube or something, you know, I'm researching on YouTube also. And I was like, oh, I have that book. I'm going to go get it, right? And I go up in my, I crawl up, I say I crawl up to my attic. Because <laughs> you literally are yeah. crawling yeah. at this point, right? I crawl up to my attic, I get the book, and I read it. And I don't read it all at once, and I don't have a miracle cure or book cure for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of that. I just read it as another, like another thing that maybe I can do for my back. Because I don't, I didn't know what it was quite about, right? I didn't right. know. I didn't know. So it was another thing I was going to do. So I read the book and it took, you know, a couple of weeks to get through it. And I'm like, okay, there's probably something here. So I, from there, I found the TMS wiki Mm -hmm. where I found um, Dr. Guatz and he happens to be in New Jersey, uh, you know, half, uh, half hour, 45 minute drive. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I'm doing a million other things. Like I'm finding YouTubes where people say, this guy was on and he's telling me to lift my leg up against the wall and it releases your energy and it's going to heal you. And I'm doing these things. Like I'm doing all these things. I've been there too. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, that's going to release my energy. And tomorrow I'm going to be fine. Right. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. This is the one. This is it. Everything was it. Like everything was, this is the one. This is it. This is it. But then Sarno too. Okay. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. So I find Guats on the, on the, um, 
on the TMS wiki and I make an appointment and I can't wait to go. And I think it was like two weeks from then because he sees Dr. Guatz uh, is, you know, specializes in TMS and he sees his TMS patients on Friday and he sees them for two hours. So you kind of have to wait if he has others in line. And so it was going to be in a couple of weeks. So I kept doing all the other things. I kept, I think I bought the next Sarno book at that point. And I kept reading and I made my list at that point. So if mm-hmm. anyone knows Dr. Sarno, you know, and, and most things, most people would recommend you start making your list of childhood uh, traumas or anything stressful and, and then sort of your current day and then other things maybe about your personality that could be contributing to your pain if you believe it's a mind-body connection. So I made those lists and I go prepared, right? Because I am a, you know, I am a type T, if anyone also knows what that is. I have my lists. I have, you know, I'm all ready. I'm preparing and I'm getting ready and I'm going to be the best TMS patient because I am going to go and I'm going to be the best patient he ever had because I'm going to have my list and I'm going to know what to say. And so I go to him and he's absolutely amazing and wonderful. And I recommended him to many, many people. Um, he just, but he, he sat with me for as long as I wanted. It wasn't even two hours. It was a Friday. He start. he was late. He, I had to get there at two, drove, painfully drove there, had to get there at two. He saw me at about three, but he apologized. But what he said to me was, look, I needed to clear my room, you know, the, the, the waiting room, because now you have me all the hours you need is what wow. he said to me. Now, what kind of this medical doctor no in a kidding. in a practice says that to you? And I'm like, what? So he, I knew, and someone told me, the secretary told me it would be two hours, but I was like, okay. I thought he was going to do tests on me or something. You know, that's why it took so long. So we sat, or well, I stood and he sat and he listened to me and I had my lists and he just listened to me. and. He said, you know, and he examined me, right, as as anybody will tell you, they go to a TMS physician. He examined me. He looked at my images. He talked to me. He asked me all kinds of medical history also. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then we talked, and we talked, and we talked, and he believed I had TMS, and he believed that I could get better. Yeah. And so that was like the start, except for reading the books, the start of, you know, I call it the journey. I think a lot of people do mm-hmm. because I didn't have a book cure. I didn't have a cure from going to Dr. Watts one time. Um, but I started on my belief and I started on even gaining in more, even more knowledge. Right. So mm-hmm. I went, I read, you know, Steve's book. I read every one of Steve's books. I read every one of Sarno's books. I read them all twice because mm-hmm. I am a, you know, I'm going to be that great patient. <laughs> and so things, um, got worse, much worse before they got better. Yeah. Um, I started to have this nerve pain down my leg that was horrible. Mm. Like I thought there was glass in my feet. I'm not kidding. I would show my husband. I'd say, and this is, you know, now I'm still going in chronological order, right? I know about everything, Yeah. but I'm getting worse. And I'm showing my husband my feet. I'm like, you have to find the glass because every time I wow. step on my foot, there's glass. Yeah. And he's like, I don't see anything, Barb. There's nothing in your foot. Yeah. Um, and so... It got worse before it got better. And then I'm, now I'm going to stop in case you want to. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so did the getting worse before getting better, did that lead to a lot of doubt for you and then prolonged fear? Or did you still kind of stay strong with the belief in TMS? So here's where I started in case this can anyone help. I uh, can't help anyone. So I was reading all the books and watching all the YouTubes and you know, I got now I now I found out about Nicole Sachs and, you know, uh, everybody that you can name that's popular in the space. I'm following the wiki. I'm reading. Now I'm making it like my job. My full time job is to get better. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Now, of course, hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. I believed in TMS because it was my last resort. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this this is going to be it because this is it. Like, I'm, I'm going to believe that it's my mind and body, you know, er, and it's all these, you know, traumas and, and other things in my life because because that this is it. I, I don't have any other options. That's the only hope. Yeah. It, but that's not freaking belief. Yeah. That's not belief. Right. right. But I fooled myself for months that that was belief. Now, I got somewhat better. Um, in fact, I stayed out of work for two full months. And while I was still in pain, I was 
say, you know, let's use numbers, which I don't like to use, but say I was, I, I was probably 50% better. Mm-hmm. I could walk. I could, I, um, I still couldn't sit very well, but I could walk. I wasn't crying like all day. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get my mind on other things. I was seeing a, um, by the way, Dr. Gwatz recommended me to a TMS psychotherapist who I now was seeing. Oh. And so I was somewhat better and I wanted to go back to work because I felt myself obsessing mm-hmm. on TMS. I was obsessing on TMS. And yeah. guess what? That's a symptom. Right, right. <laughs> it's another symptom of what you're doing to yourself. Right. So I wanted to go back to work. So I went back to work part time in January and I still was of this thing where, oh, no, it's going to be TMS. It's going to be it's going to be that it's TMS and I'm going to get better. Yeah. So all of that, like all of that, me telling myself that was helping. And by the way, going to therapy was helping. I used to. And by the way, another plug for Dr. Watts. Not only did I go him see him one time, I went to his lecture, which he does, which is exactly like what Sarno did, mm-hmm. uh, because Dr. Watts studied under Dr. Not only was he a patient, but then he studied and became a medical doctor at 40 years old because of Dr. Sarno. Yeah. But I went to his lecture and then I went to see him every week. So I was going to my psychotherapist and Dr. Gwatz and mm-hmm. Dr. Gwatz, I'd walk in and he'd say, now I, I was caught more cognizant of his time at that point, but he was sitting with me for 45 minutes while he had a waiting room of people yeah. with coughs and colds and whatever else, you know, cause he's a regular medical doctor. Yeah. And, and so still giving me the time. So that was, so then I went back to work in January and, um, and still continued on this obsessive belief that it was TMS. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so you mentioned Nicole Sachs' book. Did during this time when you were seeing your psychotherapist and you were seeing Dr. Guads, did you start a journaling practice? And what did that look like? I did. So I I loved Nicole and her sort of, you know, this presence she has even from the TV. Um, And and I did love her book. It was very, you know, I don't and this is this is such a compliment, but it was very simple. Mm. Um, I like and on the other hand, Steve's book is very deep. Yes. Which which you need both. Right. Right. Because because there's something I have to say that Steve doesn't like, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) That that is that or, or there's a lot of people in the TMS community. Look. TMS is what it is, and it and it is what it is for everyone. But the way out is there's many ways out. Yeah, it's not just one way. And now Steve disagrees with that because the one way out is really just love. Okay, yes. and if you want to say if you have to summarize it into one word, that's what you're going to do. But there's only one way out. Now that so that's the one way out. But the way to get there is still different for a lot of people, it's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another guy in the community and he and I are now moderators of Steve's Facebook page, uh, Chris Morosoff, who I love, who mm-hmm. reached out to me and is wonderful. But his way out was being very firm with his self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Now, my way in to TMS was how much I beat myself up. Yes. that's my That was my way in. So my way out wasn't beating myself up further. Right. That's not going to work for me. Right. Right. So it works, by the way, it works for some people because their way in was different. Yeah. Right. So their way in was different. So they need the yelling and the discipline and the, you know, the the yelling at their subconscious. I believe them. They got out that way. Right. But my way out was not that way. My way out is not yelling at my brain. So then was your way out more in the realm of self-compassion and self-love? Yeah, absolutely. And journaling, and you asked the question, so I'll answer it. The journaling helps me a lot. Um, I don't see, like, I didn't find I was journaling and had an immediate reduction in pain. That's not what I found. But what I found with journaling is um, a lot of release and a lot of, you know, crying through it. But Mm -hmm. what I found with journaling for me was I would use what I learned or found out or wanted to talk about in my psychotherapy because I'm blessed to be able to afford that right now. Mm-hmm. There's many, you know, there's people that can't, and I don't, I also don't believe you need to go to psychotherapy. Right. I just think that, so journaling is their way out, right? I use mine. Um, it's wonderful and I will continue to do it. And it's a tool in my toolkit. Yes. Um, but I use it as fuel for my thoughts and my psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so where are you at 
in your journey now? Are you pain-free? Is there still a little lingering? Does it ebb and flow? So I, I do want to, before I even say that, I want to comment to you about belief because to, t- to so what happened to me was in order to become pain-free, I, you have to believe. Yes. And when I told you I was believing in TMS just because it was the only option, that's that now I know that's not belief, right? It, yeah. Belief is when you believe that, that your mind your body is an expression of your mind and your emotions, right? Yeah. When you believe that, and and so my belief came from, there, so there's two ways I think you can find the belief. Um, and I think most people try the first way, which is, I even I think my therapist was telling me, and Dr. Watts was saying, write down your successes. So mm-hmm. every time your pain reduces, write it down. Um, I actually went skiing in February, still in, still only working part-time. So Mm -hmm. I was still in somewhat of pain, but I actually went skiing and I had no pain. I had no pain. Now I had pain at night, but I had no pain while I was skiing because from everything I learned, I was able to be in the moment and just ski. And I was with my daughter who, you know, and my, and my um, son-in-law and my husband and my sister and we were skiing and I was like, oh, my God, I have no pain. And it was the first time in 14 months wow. that I could say that I and then I and then we got home and I went ice skating and I'm like, oh, my God, I have no pain. Yeah. And it's so. So anyway, those successes started to go on my list. Right. So that's one way of measuring your success mm-hmm. and belief. It's mm-hmm. met one way of building up your belief. My belief came from the opposite, because as my pain was reducing um, I'll just tell you a little story. Yeah. I, um, uh, one morning, a few, uh, a while ago, one morning I was, I got up, you know, to get ready for, I got up, I go to the gym and then I'm getting, I'm showering, getting ready for work. And I for all of a sudden I hear this noise outside and I was like, Oh my God, I forgot the tree guy's coming. Mm. And I, I said, Oh my, you know, I, I was supposed to move my car. I was supposed to be ready for work because I had to get, you know, I had to tell him that, um, I mean, I had to move my car and I had to be out of the driveway. Oh, and then my neighbor's car was going to be blocked. So I had to tell her. So all these things. And then I'm, and then I said to myself, Oh my God, you're so stupid. Why did uh. you forget this? Well, my pain, but the, the pain in my hip was like a 10. Oh my God. While I was saying, Oh my God, Barbara, why are you so stupid? You're yeah. your neighbor and she's going to be upset with you. My pain went to a 10 and I went, I, I just took my breath away. I went, oh my God, this is real. Yeah. This is real. This is like, this is, this is real. My pain is there. Yeah. Because I'm beating myself up. I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. I'm rushing. And I'm, and the worst part was me, what I was telling myself, which is how, what, how, how silly of me to beat myself up because I didn't move my car. Yeah. And because my neighbor was going to be upset with me. Like, how silly of me. Right. But honestly, that moment was my belief. Yeah. It was, it was it. I was like, wow. this is, this is connected. Yes. And the pain. And then, and the other, well, and then to just finish it, I was like, Barb, that's crazy that you're <laughs> this upset about the tree guy. And I breathed. I said, you know, I just sat so there and I breathed mm-hmm. and I, you know, I talked to myself and I told my, you know, and I told my pain that this isn't necessary because I'm going to, everything's fine. It's just a tree guy and everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And my pain went, it vanished. Wow. And I, I knew, I knew that it was real. Yeah. Wow. And so <clears throat> I'm going to rewind a little bit if you don't mind. Um, so the triggering event, which was like the car accident, um, did was the driver? Um, do you feel like she was any part of like your anger that kind of built up over the months that followed? Like, was there any blame that was kind of put on the driver for then triggering your chronic pain journey? Yeah. So I so. When I, yes, because just so you hear the story, it was a, it was a, a guy behind me. He was in a giant GMC truck. Mm-hmm. I have a um, convertible Volvo and I, so he smashed into me. My, the whole, my car was total because the whole back just smashed in. Ugh. And then he pushed me into the woman in front of me mm. now. So I don't want to bore anyone, but, but what happened was 
my um, I love my car, right? And and they don't make them anymore. Aww. 2013 was the last year, and mine was a 2010. Well, what happened was, um, I went through like this nightmare. Now it's just life stuff. Of course, now I look back, it's just life stuff. But mm-hmm. I went through this nightmare of. First of all, they had to prove that I didn't hit the person in front of me um, on purpose or Mm -hmm. uh, could I have prevented it, right? Because that was going to be my fault if I hit her and then she got hit from behind too. And, you know, I got out of the car and the guy's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My kid, you know, my two-year-old was in the back and I turned to to um see because he was crying so of course to the guy i'm like oh it's okay i understand i had little kids you know it's Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. but the what happened after was um you know now i have this now i have my car and it can't be replaced because they don't make them anymore so so anyway it's just more of like yes i was internally raging at this guy for hitting me and then it was even like saying this wasn't even my fault. And yeah. look at what I'm going through. I had to rent a car. I had to look for another car. I had to fight my insurance agent because, or my insurance company because they won't replace my car. They'll just give me like the value, but the value isn't what it really is because they don't make it anymore. So anyway, all this is, yes, yeah. I went through during those months that led to my trip to San Francisco. Right. Now, when you just look at the surface, you say, Oh, bar, please. People are in car accidents all the time. Things, you know, there's so many other things that could be worse. How silly. But what you learn about TMS is like, no, the guy that hit me, screw him. Look what he did to my life. Like that, that's what journaling and that's what letting all this out is about. It's like, you know, screw you. You had a turn to talk to your son. Like, come on now. Look what you did to me. You should be finding me another car. Yeah. Um, you know, on and on. So, so all of that rage Yes, it was in there and, and started all this. But of course, once you go, once you deal with or learn about TMS, you realize that it's just a tipping point. Right, right. Um, It's just a tipping point. Right. So were there any other big roadblocks towards your recovery, aside from just the belief in the diagnosis? Uh, yeah, I think um, the other roadblocks blocks that people, you know, probably experience, and I, I did too, is, you know, being this type of personality that most, you know, I think everyone has TMS, but I think when we get into like chronic, awful, horrible pain, I think it is people that have a certain type of personality. Mm-hmm. And so I think a roadblock for people is the the desperation leads you to be obsessive. Yes. And honestly, when I told you I was searching and looking everywhere, I even got that way with TMS. And, mm. you know, I'm mentioning some key people here, which is, you know, Steve and Sarno and Nicole. Like, what I, and, but by the way, I have a stack of books next to my bed that I read and reread, right? There was a point where, you know, in the beginning of this year, I had to say, no, no, it's too much, mm. it's too many things. I need to like scale way back and I call it the basics to just, you know, a few people that I have, you know, that I feel the most connected to or that have helped me the most and just scale way back to that. Mm. Uh, because you could go down. I, 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 on New Year's Eve, I can tell you the obsession I had on New Year's Eve. I ordered the uh, Dr. Sarno um, video mm. tape that or DVD yes. that, that you can get. I ordered it and what happened was it had like a skip in it. So I called on New Year's Eve, God knows why. But anyway, on New Year's Eve, I left a message for the, the people that sell it to you. And the person that called me back was a TMS coach. Mm. Now, meanwhile, I'm going to Dr. Gwatz. I'm going to my TMS therapist. I'm reading every book, right? And it's the coach. And I'm, he's like, uh, you know, he said, I can help you. Oh. So I lay out yet again, $250 for an hour long session with this person and Whatever his method may be right for other people. I don't have any comment, you know, otherwise, except to say for me, it was me like going to ask someone else, like reaching and reaching and reaching and obsessing on who's going to help me. Who's going to make this pain go away? When is it going to go away? So that um, was a roadblock. And here's the biggest one. And I know I'm not unique in saying this, but the biggest one is 
when will this pain go away? Yeah. When will this pain go away? I believe in TMS. When will this pain go away? Mm. Just stop. Yeah. You must stop. It ha- Because saying when will this pain go away, you're defeating what TMS is teaching you, yeah. which is living and loving in this moment. Mm. So regardless of whether I have pain or, sh- or anything or whatever, you know, any symptom whatsoever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to love and accept yourself right now. Yes. And and so the whole when will it go away? It can't be part of you. It can't be part of you. Yeah. It just can't. Yeah. And that's so hard because that's like the first thought you have every day when you're in pain, you know, is like yeah. when will I be free? When will I be free? When will I be free? And so yeah, that outcome independence is so so important and one of the biggest challenges, I believe. Yeah. So, um and so then um now that you're on the other side, um, yes. do you feel like you're very grateful for the last year and a half of agony that you had? Is there anything you'd like to say about what you now know in hindsight and all of that? So my, I am definitely changed. I know there's a lot of, you know, there's things that say you don't have to change, you know, mm. to, to, to be out of pain. You don't have to change your personality. Um, I don't, I, I don't know other people and I, I had to change, right? Yeah. Cause my, my problem or my TMS was the beating of myself, you know, the beating myself up all the time in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it was thinking I had to be everything to everyone all the time. It was the constant motion and the stress and the never taking time for myself or to soothe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to change, right? I'm still me. I'm still Barb. I'm, I, I don't, you know, but I did have to change. If I don't want pain in the future, I did have to change, yes. right? Because maybe this pain would go away, but, or, or this pain has gone away, but maybe in a year it would be like something else. But I got to tell you, as happens, okay, I used to have stomach problems that I didn't necessarily sort of like work on. What I'm working on is myself, mm-hmm. but all of those, that's gone. Um, I had, um, I had, I was starting to get like dry eye, um, even actually relate almost the same timing as I had my pain. I had dry eyes and that's gone. Um, so I had to change or I am changing. I had to, I didn't have to change. I am changing very much on the inside. I hope it's visible on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, I am changing and I'm, I'm very grateful that I am changing. Now, am I grateful it took the pain I was in and the suffering I had to go through? <laughs> I guess it, it took, you know, like it took that and maybe someday I'll say, Oh, I'm so glad I went through that. But yeah. it's too close for <laughs> right. me to be honest with you and say, Oh, I'm so glad I had that pain. Like yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm, I can't say that. Yeah. I can't be honest with you and yeah. say that, but I'm, I'm, grateful I'm getting to where I am. I just, I still wish I didn't have to have this, this, the suffering I had. I mean, my daughter got married through this actually when I was doing, like I told you, I was in the summer, I was doing all the doctoring. My daughter's wedding was during that time. And I, I wasn't laying on the floor yet. It wasn't that bad. I was still like taking lots of Tylenol to get through the day. Um, but I, it stunk. Like I didn't yeah. dance like I could have. I didn't enjoy it like I could have. You know, I did my best. I certainly, you know, loved the day and everything, you know, was kind of wonderful, but internally nothing was wonderful. Yeah. Cause I was churning on thinking about my pain as well as what it could possibly be. You know, those thoughts were sure. still coming in. Sure. So, wow. So now a little bit earlier, you mentioned how you think everybody has TMS and I'm in that same camp. Do you, and I can ask you this because you're not a medical doctor and your license isn't at risk. (laughs) Um, Do you feel like there are any diagnoses out there that can't at least be helped with TMS awareness? No, I really, I really don't. I don't even think you can tell me cancer. And I know people don't want to hear that, but let me, let me tell you what I feel about that. I'm just going to give you like the easiest example. Someone gets lung cancer because they smoke their entire life, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So you can say, okay, the cigarettes led to the cancer. Absolutely. Of course, right? Mm -hmm. But, but why was that person smoking? Yeah. Didn't they love themselves enough to know 
that they would harm themselves with smoking. Right. And right. So like that you just, if you pull it way back, like if you just take every single disease and pain we have in our world and bring it all the way back, it started with you. Yeah. That, that's how I feel, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't, there's no blame. There's no blame. No. There's no blame. It's, it's just a responsibility to understand that it came from you. Yeah. And so now if you were to have a diagnosis of cancer somewhere down the road, would you just do the emotional work and see what happened? Or, or can you answer that even? I know it's a hard hypothetical. Well, but... no, honestly, my sister had breast cancer. And so I would say, let me answer that, like from thinking of my sister, right? Mm -hmm. I would never tell her not to go for the treatments that, that she did, except that there are, and through her cancer and and since we've talked about this, but you have to do the emotional work too. Also, yes. Right. Because you, you may get cancer again, or, or it doesn't even matter what disease you get next. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that emotional work, you'll just get something else Mm -hmm. eventually, or, you know, it'll come out another way. Yeah. Um, so, so no, I wouldn't turn down chemotherapy or whatever, you know, I worked with doctors, I wouldn't, but I would certainly examine my life on why this was happening. Yes. Beautiful. And so what's coming up in your life? Is there anything that you're doing up and coming that you might've written off as impossible a year ago? Yes, I'm leaving for Greece tomorrow. Ooh, yay. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, when you're laying on the floor in pain, you don't think that, oh, um, by the way, I can't sit. I mean, I actually, um, um, during Thanksgiving, when like throes of this, like I was in the awfulness of just not being able to do anything but lay down, mm. I actually picked myself up and went to um, South Carolina because my family was going to be together. My kids were going to be there, my mom. And I sat on that plane and I, I, I can't, I just can't even describe unless, and I know there's a lot of people listening that may feel it. The pain was so bad. Like I, I just, I could not believe that you could have pain like this as I sat and I just tears, just like, I just cried for mm. two hours of the plane ride and, and then was in pain, you know, the whole trip or whatever. And my mother was so worried about me, you know, and mm. she's like, you're so unhappy. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a little hard to be happy with yeah. this much pain. But, but anyway, so yes, now like I'm going to Greece and we're going, you know, we're doing all these things and we're hiking and the end of the trip is, um, my husband is an ultra runner. And so we're going to be in Crete where there's lots of mountains and I'll be hiking. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm free. Yay. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for talking about your story with me today. It's really so inspirational. I'm going to be posting um, a picture of your x-ray so people can see just what is possible. Like your structures, yes. you can get used to your structures, whatever they look like. That is my belief. And um, I think that's a big part of why people have such a hard time is because they have those images burned in their retinas of the scary, scary looking structures. And so um, knowing that they can look all kinds of crazy (laughs) and still end up being, uh, in, in relief in remission is pretty amazing. So thank you for sharing that with us. Are there any last words that you have for anyone who's listening who might still be struggling? I, I just think that you just have to keep going and, and don't get frustrated by these miracle cures you know honestly with working with my therapists and you know me even being upset with these people that heal so fast you know if you don't address what's really going on and and it's fine you know i I, and by the way i believe these people I, i don't not believe but what i do think might happen is they may unless they start unless they learn how to you know, get to the bottom of why they have that pain, there may be another pain in the future. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even saying I've, I'm not even saying I'll never have pain or whatever in the future. That's not, that's not the point of this. The point is, you know, where it's coming from, you know, how to deal with it, you know, hopefully how to prevent things from getting out of hand and getting chronic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're human, we have human bodies, like right. they're, they're going to, you know, things can hurt. 
It's just that you have to recognize if it's a TMS hurt or a, you know, it's an emotional hurt and it's showing itself in your body or not. But people that are in dire pain, I just think you should keep realizing you just it, it's a, just a journey and everything's not going to happen overnight. I, I just don't like those the frustration people have to hear when they think, I mean, Steve, oh, it took 15 months. People right. forget that. Right. But, this, you know, he didn't have an overnight success. As, as, and he's like, you know, I just see him as, you know, our guru that, yes. that you know, I love him. And but yet he took 15 months and, and he'll, you know, I'm sure if you sat down and I've talked to him a few times it's not like just he's not human. This, this man is not, he is human. Right. Um, it's just that he has the tools and he has so much knowledge right. to, to be able to, you know, address it. So just, you got to love yourself. Yeah. You've got to love yourself enough to be patient mm. too. Yeah. Right. So the, love yourself enough to be patient to get through this because your journey will be what it is. So stop fighting it. Yeah. Beautiful. Barb, thank you so, so much. Barb, you and I are both going to be at Nicole Sachs' event coming up um, Yay, June 16th. So I'm looking forward to meeting you there. And anyone who's listening, please join us. We'll have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, thank you again for being here. Enjoy Greece. I can't believe, yeah, that's that's so awesome yeah, for you. I never thought I'd sit on a plane. I mean, I, I just, I thought I'd sit on a plane every time with you know, there's torture. I mean, because, oh, by the way, just sorry. No, but <laughs> I had a trip to India planned um, for work, actually, but in, in the midst of this and couldn't go. Like, so there were things I didn't do, like, yeah. because I was like, I'll never get I'll never get on a plane. I can't go to India. Um, and so I did cancel things and not do things. Yeah. And I never thought I'd be here. And I'm, and by the way, not even afraid that there will be pain. Yeah. Like I'm getting on a plane and I'm, I'm just, I'm not even afraid. Yeah. So awesome. 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 Barb, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for talking with me today and have fun. Yeah. Safe travel. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for letting me tell my story. Thank you, Barb. So fun. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Thanks to Barb for being on the show today. And also thanks to my first ever donor. You know who you are. So thanks so much for uh, for contributing to the show. Um, the show is a labor of love. So I, I literally... Um, uh, make zero on this <laughs> which is totally okay by me but um someone was kind enough to donate a little contribution to the show so thank you um you and so then yeah if you want to help the show out please um just leave a review on itunes share this with your friends and family if you know anybody that can be helped with this information um please send it their way thanks again for tuning in guys have a wonderful week